Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Tuesday, May 17th. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show, and I am the host, Jack Riggins. I am back. I hope you enjoyed Doug Fitzgerald both Friday and Monday. I mean, just a world-class. I don't even like to call him a backup, but I always talk about it because I like Doug so much, and I like the way he goes about his business. Um, So I always enjoy having him on. And uh, we'll talk about it second segment, but I did take Johnny out to lunch at the world-famous Billy's. And we will talk about that second segment after we get with our guest here. Um, it is going to be a Twitter Tuesday. I am decreeing. Decreeing, is that the right word? Uh, Tuesday is going to be Twitter Tuesdays from now on. I love giving out a Twitter reward when I peruse Twitter. And your producer has already backed that up. Twitter Tuesdays it is. That's right. It's on the board. All right. Well, let's get to uh, a neat story um, about veterans support and local Omaha, Nebraska, uh, believe it or not, SEAL team. There is more than just one. Um, a good friend of mine, Omaha, uh, served in SEAL team. And I'm just going to call him Cody for now. <laughs> Why? Because you never know, especially when you're talking to team guys, if they want to be very public or not. But the organization is Carry the Load, and he is part of it and going to be coming to Iowa and Nebraska next week to actually carry the load. Cody, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thank you very much, Jack. It's good to be with you. Yeah, so are you excited? Because I know you're living down in Texas. Again, uh, I'm going to call you a retired frogman like myself. Uh, Omaha native, um, uh-huh. and you're still literally serving our country and our warriors. Uh, Jack, I, I, it's a continuation of a mission that uh, men like you that went before me decided to do. Um, I'm humbled to have served in the teams, and um, you know, I, I love Omaha. I love Nebraska. You're right. I, I, um, I'm a Texan right now. Um, but whenever anyone asks where I'm from, I always say Omaha. So that's where I'm from. I'm excited to get back there next week. You know, it's funny. I was a um, shameless plug. I, w- I don't even know if it's out yet, but I was on the governor's podcast, and uh, I was talking about um, how I identify very much with Nebraska. But, in fact, when I'm outside of Nebraska, then I've, I, I identify well, when I'm here, I identify American, but when I'm out and about, it's like always Nebraska. So we can forgive you for living in Texas. You've certainly earned uh, the right to live wherever you would like, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, tell the governor I said hello. It's been a long time. We'll do it. He's obviously been a, a great supporter of the military and special operations. Now, I know carry the load is not just military. I always kind of say that, but it's veterans, first responders, and their families. Um Tell us a little bit about how you got passionate to continue to serve in kind of the uh, care when people get home or care when things go wrong. Where where did that come from from you um, deep inside to go ahead and start volunteering to do these things? I think it started a long time ago um, for me at Miller North High School, graduated in 2001, and I chickened out and joined the Marine Corps with some good friends of mine. Um, little did we know that 9-11 would happen a few months later and that I'd be kind of a hungover fraternity boy when it happened. So, you know, I kind of had this, this guilt, um, or this, this 
kind of dragon within me that I hadn't slayed. And, you know, lo and behold, you know, nine years later, I decided that it was my time to go, to go serve in the team. So, um, during that process, um, you know, the, the Navy politely told me that my criminal history uh, was not exactly what they were looking for. And so I had to kind of work a, I did have to work, um, a, a, a pardon through the governor, secretary of state, attorney general, and the pardoning board up there. Um, and well, it, you it got made, an exception to policy, uh, which ye yeah. commander here understands because I had to get one of those as well. And, um, and awesome. certainly, uh, you know, you come back another time and talk about, um, doing some silly things and how you can turn that around and become a success story here in America. But I hear you. It's an exception to policy. It happens. So during that, so during, and I was thankful for it, and I was thankful for the support I received from, from our pardoning board up there, great people. Uh, it was Governor Heinemann at the time. So uh, in that year that it took me to get my enlistment squared away, I was working for Clint Bruce in Dallas, Texas, first Navy SEAL I'd ever met. And um, in that time, um, Clint had this aha moment, uh, which spurred him on to start carry the load, and that was that he felt he was at you know a Memorial Day barbecue um, like you. He'd already lost a lot of friends in the war on terror, um, and Clint, as a SEAL officer, um, decided he was going to do something about it. His wife had spurred him on um, at this party where he said things had kind of gotten weird, and his wife said, "You're scaring people. Get out of here." So he he threw some weight in the rucksack and started walking around. Uh, White Rock Lake in Dallas, and this old, older vet, you know, World War II or Korean War era, stopped him and said, "Hey, son, who are you carrying?" And that was kind of his moment. Well, when we got back in the office that year, he kind of huddled us all together and told us, "Hey, here's what happened, and I'm, you know, we need to do something." And so, I left for the Navy the next year, and then 2011, um, you know, carried load officially arrived and started. And it was Clint Bruce and, and uh, a good friend of his, Stephen Holly, also a former SEAL officer that started carried load um, back then. But I was in, you know, I was in the teams by then, and so I was kind of watching from afar, just watching it gain momentum. Um, and so when I got out of the Navy and got back to Dallas um, in 2017, that was kind of the first year that I, you know, got to partake and and, and do that walk and and remember folks and and you know, there's all sorts of things in the teams about the Frogman Fridays or. You know, if it ain't rough, it ain't right, or, you know, everyone wants to be a frogman on a sunny day. But, you know, kind of the, the, the thing for me was, you know, the, the pain is kind of cathartic. You know, the, the, the healing can be in the pain. I think that's what Clint and Stephen were feeling when, when they started carrying the load. So it started with me just, you know, with a local fireman, a good friend of mine would just showed up and, and walked and, you know, talked to lots of people we knew. And, and when you spend time, um, you know, walking by all these faces, all these storyboards we call with Gary Love and reading these stories um, of, of not only military, but our first responders and our police that have, that have given their lives <clears throat> in service for our freedoms and our way of life. It's, it's cathartic, and, you know, that's why Gary Love exists, is to connect Americans to the sacrifices made by those that serve us, our military veterans, our first responders, and their families. And so I you know, quickly found this new mission, you know, I, I didn't really feel, I, I, I had great jobs and great support, you know, from another military, but I didn't really have a nine to five mission with the flag on my shoulder, you know, yes, sir, aye, aye, let's go, let's go get them. And, and carried loads kind of, it has become that for me. Well, I can attest, um, as when we were both on active duty, uh, quote unquote, I was your superior. And I don't remember ever an I I yes, sir, from you. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You're no. You're a model sailor. Um, let me let me take 
you back real quick, though, because you said something. And again, our time overlaps um, without a doubt, but a little bit different generations, even though we're close to the same age. But you had an interesting deal as you checked into SEAL Team 10 with somebody that Nebraskans are very familiar with his national story, and that's Caleb Nelson and what had happened. And and how did that impact you, um, not only in service, but then again in an event like Carry the Load where you're doing a relay across the country in the month of May uh, to remember everybody? So I was in language school in 2011. We just got our tridents and SOCOM had us learning our languages before we got to our teams. And and I was actually coming back to Omaha for the first Nebraskan supporting SEALs event that I'd been invited to by Mr. Bill Baynath, a good friend of yours. Um, And that obviously you're familiar with that since you started that effort. And um, the week that I was booking plane tickets and leave to come back to go to that football game and and meet great folks and support a mission to support SEALs, uh, Caleb died in Afghanistan. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Spread the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back. And this week, we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusion supply. See store or jcp.com for details. Security history. Folks, (laughs) we're giving billions of dollars of aid to Ukraine. We can't secure our southern border. Now, I get you. You know, it's got to be purposeful. It wouldn't be a bad thing if we had a secured border, which would require us to revamp our immigration policy so it's much more effective. I, for one, believe that we're totally capable of doing that. Anyway, Representative Jim Jordan, tweet of the day. Tweet of the day. Probably say it before we leave again. Now, let's talk about the UFOs. So this is making the rounds. Of course. Let me go back. As you know, as Johnny likes to say, you know I love Australia and Australia, <laughs> um, which I think is cool and funny. Well, let me go back. Ology and astronomy. <laughs> yep. All meaning the same word, space. Um, and the lunar eclipse was sunday and i hope you got a chance to see it um it's just pretty cool you look up there and uh, i got to see about half of it before i was too tired and i went and and bonked out but uh once again just to watch the moon kind of fade and i don't know it just tends to put how small we are into perspective at least that's a lot of what i get when i look up at events like that so now we get to this week, and yes, with everything going on in the country and nation- uh, internationally, we've got finally, the first time in 50 years, the Congress 
is having a hearing on, you might call them UFOs, the U.S. government is calling them UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Um, Either way, same, same in most of our minds, us the people. And what I find hilarious about it, first of all, if any of you really study or are in this field or, you know, it's just kind of like something that catches your eye and and you listen. And, and I'm one of those people. It's always fascinated me. You would know that all the video that's being put out today, minus maybe a little bit more classified version that only the folks up in D.C. will get to see, is the same stuff that's been on a show called Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation, which has been headlined essentially by uh, a former Army intelligence officer, counterintelligence officer, uh, Lou Elizondo. So this show has been on the History Channel for, I think, two years. Um, And he's got an interesting cast, uh, Tom DeLonge from, oh gosh, I'm going to botch which music group, but, you know, he... uh, He's a very famous musician with Blink-182. There you go. And he, he's he's fascinated by this stuff. So he's kind of putting his money where his mouth is, and he's put together a team um, of people on this show. Uh, Chris Mellon, who is a deputy assistant for Secretary of Defense of Intelligence. And then uh, an, another, I'm going to call it Steve Justice, an engineer, really, from Skunk Works, which Skunk Works is Lockheed Martin's uh, super secret advanced systems development, you know, the Build secret aircraft, essentially. So this show has been around. If you are into UFOs, you know about this show. You've seen the videos. Most of the videos coming out from the United States Navy. Um, radar hits uh, from aircraft. Visual identification from aircraft. As well as uh, sonar from multiple ships. So it's very legitimate stuff that came out really from Lou Elizondo as, as he was working um, in the Pentagon on a program called Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP. And, you know, so the U.S. military was investigating these things, and then they've kind of brought it over um, to the civilian world. Now, the videos are fascinating. None of this stuff can be explained. I mean, you have United States Navy pilots testifying and as far as the physics and we understand physics, the movement of, you know, what some describe as, you know, the tic-tac, uh, you know, a little oblong white kind of tic-tac and it, and some other little things. And so I guess what's hilarious is why does it take our government, if they're of interest, to have a hearing two years later after this has been a TV show? Like, that's that's where I'm at, right? Like, why, you know, does nobody in the congressional staff or their staffers watch TV, like History Channel, which is a pretty respected channel on history, and see this show and the fact that this, you know, without a doubt, the footage that Lou Elizondo and his team brought forth in that show um, from gun cameras and interviews with very authentic um, witnesses. Is that like not ring a bell? So, what does this mean, folks? Well, I think it's good that the U.S. and and honestly the 
intelligence community is having a hearing on it and you know it's it's the counterintelligence counterterrorism counterproliferation subcommittee um and it's the first hearing on ufo's or uaps in 50 years uh, going way back to stuff we all kind of giggle at now you know when roswell and we've probably heard of project blue book uh but in the end of the day Nothing's going to come of it right at this moment, other than there's been some high quality, you know, reporting, um, but not the volumes for which we, as we are civilized people now, would go, oh, yeah, this is what it is. So, sure, there's a national interest angle there's a national security interest angle some people hypothesize that it is possibly another nation's essentially intelligence gathering craft um other people believe that it's our own craft